my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? Are you guys getting rained out too? Because well, I, I have definitely been getting rained out. Yesterday actually surprisingly was a good day. I know, I know, I always talk about weather on here when I start, but hey, when I meet someone... That's usually sometimes, I can't think of anything. It's like, the weather. The weather is a safe topic. The weather. Well, today, if you've been following along with the podcast, you know that today is the graduation theme, the last graduation themed episode for the month of May because we're going into June starting this Saturday. So I've decided to do season six, episode 19, entitled Subterranean Graduation Blues. Oh my goodness, is that a mouthful or what? All right. So let's talk about what's happening in this episode. Jesse is determined to show up everybody who doubted he could finish high school. But on the night of the graduation, everybody gets delayed when the subway train gets stuck. Why are they taking a subway train, you ask? Well, thank you, little Michelle. She's all concerned about the environment because we see in the beginning of the episode she has a can drive and uh, she's collecting cans and stuff like that for recycling. So she's all about the environment. And... When it comes time to leave for the graduation, everyone Michelle asks, why is it, Why are we taking two cars? And Danny's like, well, sweetie, we, we can't all fit in one. So she's like, well, we could take the subway. You know, it's better for the environment. I notice a lot of the times they kind of go make decisions based on what Michelle wants. Like the season seven finale where Danny almost sells the house and Michelle is the only one out of all of them that is hesitant that doesn't want to sell she is the same little girl who gets Jesse and Becky to live in that attic because she doesn't want him to leave amazing right this seven-year-old girl making decisions she is pretty much the deciding factor in a lot of the decisions but hey it's michelle show right (laughs) this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 rating based on 138 ratings also a little plot b kimmy gibb is the babysitter of the Twinsie Woos, Alex and Nicholas, Alexander and Nicholas, who are toddlers now. They're a lot more active. As Becky says, just keep your eye on the kids. Of course she doesn't. And I'm going to tell <laughs> some little babysitting stories of when I was babysitting my nephews and, and niece. Yeah, wait, a little later. Now, there is a person here in the cast 
who does not have a name. He's just called Tough Guy, and he's been in other episodes. The guy who plays Tough Guy, he's always got the short, dark hair. You can tell he's got a receding hairline. This actor is played by Greg Collins. I want to see what Full House episodes he has been in, because he's been in quite a few. Even after season six, he will be in at least, I think, two more episodes. So let's get Greg's Full House filmography. My goodness, this man does A-L-O-T. A lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. He was in Seinfeld as a policeman, really. Wow, good for him. Moving up in the world. Went from tough guy to the uh, four episodes. Okay, let's see. We got three. Fraternity reunion. What was he? He was in the jail cell with Danny and Joey. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So that's his first appearance. Played again, Jesse. When Jesse is playing with the diplomats in the airport lounge, Joey's got a stiff neck. And he can only look one way. And this guy is like, hey, what are you looking at? And Joey's like, oh, nothing. I got a stiff neck. And the guy's like, do you want me to fix it for you? And Joey's like, oh, no, no, no. Just I'll, I'll move my chair over here. So it's that guy. Oh, oh, yeah. And when he, like, gets it, the, the tough guy gets up to go to the bathroom. And Joey's like, or Jesse's like, hey, oh, we have a request. What would you like to hear, sir? And the guy just looks at him like, Watch my briefcase while I go to the John and walks off. <laughs> okay, Subterranean Blues. So this is season six. This is the episode I'm covering today. And then he's got Super Bowl Fun Day. Okay, so I kept thinking like this and that. Like, no, Super Bowl Fun Day was actually that same guy. I don't know why I thought it was two separate episodes. But no, DJ's also getting a scholarship. So, um, so he's been in four episodes. That'd be cool to talk to this dude. Is he still working, I wonder? Let me find out. Is he still working? He's still working. He played in an episode called Ellie's Finest as Warden. So I'm guessing that's like someone in the, um, blah, 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 blah. Like a form of law enforcement. Um, Bruin Lake, a.k.a. Hell, Michigan. He plays Vet Benson. Like, Veteran Benson? Okay, cool. Is that a movie? A short? Oh, it's in development. Hell, Michigan is the classic werewolf tale that is going to bring back the old school style of shooting a very cinematic big screen horror movie. Holy mood, this is a big, yeah, okay. I'm not going to get into that. All right, we got that guy still doing his stuff, still, still doing his, his thing, his shtick. Good for him, good for him. This episode was directed by John Tracy, writer Jeff Franklin, who's the creator, Tom Burkhardt, who is a writer. We got Dennis Rinsler, story, Mark Warren, story. So I take it they put the story together. Now... If you know your Full House history, like you do, I mean, because you're a Full House fan, you're going to know, right? The continuity issues, all that. Well, we remember a little episode, and I believe it is season four. Let me go find it, because I remember the episode. Yep, One Last Kiss, season four, episode nine. 
Jesse eagerly anticipates his high school reunion. Excuse me. High school reunion? Really? Jesse? Um, apparently he didn't graduate, but we don't learn this for two more seasons. So my guess is, my big guess is they don't care. Full House writers don't care about continuity. They probably thought, well, nobody's gonna go and, like, rehash these episodes, like, 20 years down the road or anything. They're not gonna do that. They're not gonna start a podcast and just, like, whittle things down and just, like, look at it with a critiquing eye. Like, well, they might. You don't know. They might. Might Or, but I I just guess, you know, towards the end of the show, because this is season six that we're dealing with here. And the only reason they did that is because DJ has the stay in school campaign, which she starts up in episode... I cannot find it. I know the episode. I know the episode. When Jesse's going back to school. He's going back to night school. And he... Before that, he drops the bomb saying, I didn't finish school. I dropped out. And his reasoning is, I was going on the road with my band. We had a lot of gigs. And the only, this is the only, okay, English class. The only missing credit he had to make up A class. Are you kidding me? Really? In how many years? You could not. In season four, he says, I've been out of high school for 10 years. In 10 years, Jesse, it's one class. But I'm guessing, in a way, him going back to night school maybe can be a way to inspire those that have, like, dropped out of school and need to go back or give them inspiration, like, just finish up. My sister dropped out of high school. But she went back and she got her diploma. She went to night school. She did. She made up the work. She got her diploma. So, and Jesse also in this episode on the subway train just happens to run into somebody who's like a younger version of Jesse. He's got the leather jacket, the long dark hair and everything. I'm going to drop out. School sucks and this and that. And Jesse's like, really? You need to get back to school because you are not going to make anything of yourself. But we'll get into that when I actually officially cover this episode today, which I'm doing. I know, I've been rambling on for like 10 minutes. Thank you for your still listening. (laughs) Okay, uh, like I like to do, I like to tell you where you can follow along with the podcast if you have not already. Go to Facebook, All My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Filler House podcast page. We have Twitter at, now I gotta get back on it, OMHC Full House slash Fuller House podcast. That's for Twitter. For Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House pod. And if you'd like to email the podcast, it's omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I had to think about it for a second. 
This episode, we got some connections. Jesse refers to Michelle as Munchkin. He's been doing that for years. He has so many pet names for her. Munchkin, Ankle Biter, or Ankle Biter. Although he refers to other kids as, I mean, the Little Littles. Bonanza, Danny hums the theme tune. Also, Jesse has a real issue with this theme to Bonanza because he says he remembers a time when he was in the dentist's office and I think he was having a root canal done. And they were playing that song like over the Muzak. And it's like every time he hears it, he can feel or hear the sound of the drill. Like, so almost like that song is like a trigger for him. Oh, we get a Golden Girls reference. When Danny suggests that he could hold his own in a fight with George Foreman, Becky cracks that even the Golden Girls could handle fighting Danny. Oh, burn. We have some trivia. DJ isn't featured in this episode. She's only shown in the beginning credits. Well, maybe she had a date with, um... Because she's still dating Steve at this time because he comes over with that, that can crusher that he made in shop class. Here, Jesse, okay, someone needs to get on the spelling. Jesse's name is not J-E-S-S-I-E, it's just J-E-S-S-E. Here, Jesse mentions that he gets a toothache whenever he hears the Bonanza theme, but in Driving Miss DJ, both Jesse and Rebecca were singing the song to Nikki and Alex in the opening scene after the credits, really. Oh, I think they're just, like, humming the... Because there's no lyrics to it. So. But good eye. When I um, watch it, I'll have to uh, pick up on that. Oh, we got some goofs. The whole time Nikki and Alex are playing with the Elvis puzzle, none of the pieces are in place. They're just scrambled. Suddenly, in less than five seconds, they are all one piece away from being finished. All right. The exterior shots of the subway are New York trains, not San Francisco's BART or Muni system. Don't know what those are. Oh, I also have a fun, for the first time I ever rode a subway, um, when Jeremy and I took that trip to D.C. a couple years ago. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. All right. When they're stuck in the subway and Jesse tells the other school dropout about Nikki and Alex struggling with an Elvis puzzle, he mentions that Elvis left Elvis's left sideburn was the last piece. But when the puzzle is shown, it is Elvis's right sideburn that is being shown. This guy's got a uh, critiquing eye. Good for you, guy. Jesse says that one of the main reasons he is valedictorian is because he dropped out of high school and dropped back in, so he would be a good example. But Jesse is in the adult continuing high school where everyone else would have been dropouts that dropped back in. Okay. Oh, th this is a plot hole. Gotcha. Revealing mistakes. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, they already said that. This episode aired on March 2nd of 1993, so I was ten and a half when this movie aired. I mean, show, um, episode, oh my goodness. I'm sorry, it's like 10.40, I woke, <laughs> that's my excuse for everything, I like just woke up like 20 minutes ago. Actually, no, I woke up like 40 minutes ago. And I actually had breakfast, normally around like 10, 11 o'clock is my lunch time. I, like, wake up and have lunch. A lot of the times I just skip breakfast. 
Also, just an update with season five of Fuller House. They are, the cast has returned. They are ready to start filming season five. I am so excited. I follow, I follow everyone on like Instagram. Oh my goodness gracious sake. I follow everyone on Instagram. So all this, all the stars from Candace Cameron, Jody Sweden, Andrea Barber, Bob Sega, John Stamos, Dave Cooley, all of them, all of them, Elias, Harger, Michael Campion, Sony Bringus, every Juan, Juan Pablo, all of them, and it's just fun. You know, seeing the behind the scenes, uh, and, uh, Andrea Barber, who plays Kimmy Gibbler. You guys want a sneak peek? Go to her YouTube. You want an even bigger sneak peek? Follow the Messet Twins, Dashiell and Fox, who play Tommy. They have a YouTube, their mom set up a YouTube channel, and you would get to see these kids running around backstage. It's so fun. The twins, um, I think one of them was, like, going up the stairs in Full House, and it's like they hit, like, this blank space where there's, like, nothing. It just stops when you get to the top of the stairs there. It's like you can't proceed any further. I think there's, like, a door there or something like that that leads off set. But it's just, it's fun. And, um... Andrea Barber had put this video up of the the fu the last first taping or the well, God, I cannot talk the last first table read. Watch it seriously. I put it on Twitter. It is really Bob Saget talks about when he started the show, and the girls and his relationship with Candace, Jody, and even the Olsen twins, and just how much the show has meant to him. And let me tell you, I've never seen Bob Saget get choked up. Danny Tanner even, really. But the emotion that Bob Saget just gets so overwhelmed. And just, he loves these this show and the girls and just, he, he says even at one point, like, these girls are almost like my real children. And just to see this ending again, it's just, go watch it. I was getting teared up at hearing him get choked up. So, all right, I know. 17 minutes in, let's get to this episode finally. I'm not, I'm not fooling no more. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it right now. So we're jumping into the cold open here. We see Becky and Stephanie over by the recycling setup. I love Danny's organization, organizational skills with the recycling. He's got like three different colored totes. One's for recycling cans and there's some other ones which I couldn't see. And Becky is holding this large white trash bag as Stephanie is they're just getting all the cans out of there and it's a shame they don't live where I live because you get 10 cents on the can or bottle let me tell you when Jeremy and I eventually you know move to Texas um because that's a goal <laughs> um wow I just realized that yeah <laughs> the bottles and cans that we drink well, guess what? They're not going to be a hill of beans. Not going to be able to return them. Oh, my goodness. I got a... I always dread taking the this bag of cans in 
Because it seems like whenever I go, everyone and their freaking cousin has to be there with cartloads of... I'm like, oh, I just don't want to bang. I just want to get this done and get my groceries so I can get out of here and go home. But yeah, and then you get it. And half the time, it's like some are full and haven't been emptied yet. Like, a person has to come and empty them. So you got this buzzer going on. You got a line of people. And it's like, really? Every time I go, every time, there's never a, sometimes I would get lucky and I'd be like the only one in there. And usually that's like in the winter time. But anyway, they bring the bag over to the table where Michelle's sitting. And this girl has downed four root beers. I'm cans of root beer. And I'm just like, that is a lot of liquid for one little kid. How is she not bouncing off the walls? Because this isn't diet root beer. It's not diet A&W or diet Barks. It's just some generic root beer flavor. Well, can. Michelle mentioned, like, oh, I love recycling. Stephanie points out, gee, Michelle, if this whole thing is to earn your recycling honeybee badge, because now Michelle is the third and final Tanner member to be in the honeybees. Stephanie feels getting gypped because we're doing all the work. We're putting, getting all the cans together. You're the one drinking all the soda. Danny's going to have a field day when it comes to taking Michelle to uh, the dentist and finding out that her teeth are all rottened out. Moderate, sweetie. Drink water as you're drinking that root beer. Brush your teeth a lot. And I'm guessing there is a cutoff age for the honeybees because I believe after, is it season four? Like, I'm guessing the cutoff age for honeybees is at least ten years old because at one point in season one, DJ is stepping down off the honeybee pedestal and handing her stinger and um, headgear down to Stephanie. And Stephanie is stepping up to take the spot of the Tanner honeybee. Three generations of Tanner honeybees. I wonder if there's a male equivalent to that. Because I know the honeybees are like that of either brownies or the Girl Scouts. Because I can't say... Speaking of Girl Scouts... <laughs> I don't know if I told you, I got, um, I had to order them online because no one where I'm at has the Toffee Tastic cookies anymore. So I got four boxes. And I've been getting those Subway cookies, the raspberry lemonade ones. And I'm like, oh, I still got a sleeve of, that I opened of these Toffee Tastics. Like, there's probably like six in there, right? So I take a couple to work. Bite into it stale. I'm like, oh, maybe I can make this work. I'm like, no, just throw, throw, throw the thing away. It, it, I, I took too long. I just, I didn't close them up properly and now they're, they're stale. I'm like, I can't make this work. They're stale. In the trash they go. I, I finished the other four, three sleeves, but that last one, it's like, keep forgetting these are in here. I'm trying to remember. I swear I paid like 30 some dollars for <laughs> it's the shipping that was the most because I bought from that the Girl Scout website someone was selling them like out of Florida or Georgia or somewhere 
Michelle's lackeys, Stephanie and Becky, and Stephanie, of course, is the one to call Michelle out on her. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is drinking the soda. So that was pretty much the cold open as Michelle's answer to Stephanie's question, like, why aren't you helping? Michelle's like, I don't know, but keep working while I think of a excuse. Michelle's really working towards that honeybee badge. She wants, like, the best top seller, or not seller, but the person of recycling. Danny's got some uh, twine used to bundle old newspapers. Joey's bringing down what looks like the cardboard leftovers of, like, the, uh, the pizza boxes. Yeah, he brings down the pizza box. I'm like, throw those. Ew! Those things have been up there probably for months. There's, like, six pizza boxes. There's probably bugs crawling all in them and everything. And Stephanie's like, Joey, where did you get all those? And he puts them on the counter, and he's like, under my bed. I can imagine Danny like, okay, these are not going on the counter. They're going in the garbage bag. Even Becky's like, Joey, you keep pizza boxes under your bed? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I got to put them somewhere. I have donuts on my nightstand. I mean, I eat upstairs in my bed all the time. Just last night, I mean, I have my Gardettos and everything, and sometimes I do make a mess. But I just sweep the crumbs off the off the bed. Um, but, yeah, ugh. I mean, I wouldn't be eating pizza in bed. Or, I mean, I've had little mini donuts and stuff like that, but... Pizza is something like, no, I eat that downstairs. So Danny's like, geez, Joey, what's in your sock drawer? Nachos? And Joey, like, whirls around on Danny. He's like, hey, stay out of my stuff, would you? It's like he's so harsh. I'm going to play this clip. Sock drawer nachos? Hey, stay out of my stuff, would you? What is up Joey's butt? He's so angry about it. Even when Becky asks about... You keep pizza boxes under your bed. He's like, hey, I gotta put them somewhere. I was like, dang, Joey, what's up your butt, man? Why are you so angry? They're just asking you questions. They're not tying you to a chair and interrogating you with a bright light. So Steve comes in. He's got this really cool contraption that helps crush cans. Well, at least, I mean, it's supposed to help crush cans. Oh, he's wearing the jacket that DJ got him during... Uh, I think it's a very Tanner Christmas that happened in season six. Okay, so Steve does explain DJ's absence. She left on a ski trip. Gotcha. All right. So before she left, she did manage to let Steve know, like, hey, my sister Michelle is recycling. Do you have any way to help her? So Steve put his brain to work. He's a metal shop. And he hooked up this awesome crank thing that you put a can on and it's supposed to like lower the thing down to crush the can but unfortunately when he tries it the spinning thing is not like moving down to crush the can so something's not right he's like I'm gonna fix that and he takes the the can crusher and just puts a can underneath it and just slams it down on the table. There you go, problem solved. I say get that thing fixed. That way you can get a grade on it. Unless he was just doing it for like a side project. Oh, he even gave it a name, the Steve-O-Matic Can Crusher. 
Yeah, we get a zoom in close up of this thing as he's trying to crush with can. Like something's not it's not pushing down. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. And it's funny how when he first tries it, he looks at the family, they're clearly not impressed. They're like, Okay, like show us how it works, right? And he's like, okay, and he starts moving the crank faster. It's like, buddy, that's not the problem. That's not the issue. The issue is you need to take that thing back and, like, get it fixed. So he's like, oh, I still want to impress them. So, yeah, like I said, he takes the can, takes the bottom, the heavy part of that can crusher and just, boosh, slams it on the but even still, I mean, as cool of, of an invention that it is, it's like, can you imagine doing that to all those cans? That's a lot of work. Granted, it would save a lot of space, and you put more in the bag, but... So Jesse comes in, he's got his final paper from his last day, night at night class. So I'm going to play this clip. He looks bummed, like, here, here we go, Becky. She's like, oh, you worked so hard on this paper. I don't know what you'll do if you don't graduate. So I'm going to play this clip. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, how'd you do on your English final? See for yourself. Oh, Jess, don't tell me you failed. You won't graduate. All that hard work and studying and... You got an A. Gotcha. Do it to me. I hate you. Do it to me. Just don't hit the hair, the hair. Congratulations, Jess. You're a high school graduate. Well, I'm not until Saturday night. They're having a big ceremony at the Civic Center for all the high school graduates. And you know what's really amazing? Yeah. If you rub Comet's belly, his foot shapes really fast. What's really amazing is I am giving a commencement speech. That's oh, great. Jess, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. My teacher said I was a good example because, uh, you know, I was a guy who dropped out and dropped back in and made good and everything. So. Wow, you're an inspiration. Oh, no, Steve, I'm not an inspiration. Uh, Maybe a darn good role model, though. <laughs> no, it's going to be so cool. There's going to be thousands of people there, right? All my old teachers, my old principal, the mayor, all these people who knew me before when I was a screw-up, right? And they said I'd never make it. Well, the mayor never said that, but if he knew me, he would have said it. <laughs> Wait till they see you now. Yeah. Well, what are you going to say in your speech? Well, I don't know. Probably something like, uh, <clears throat> good evening, fellow graduates, and all those who thought I was a loser. Well, it should be easy to memorize. You know, Jess, you ought to give it some serious thought because people are going to remember that speech for the rest of their lives. If it's any good. I doubt it. Or if your fly's open. So he hands Becky the paper, and if she's flipping through it to get to the grade, she's like, oh, honey, you worked so hard on this, but if you don't get a passing grade, you're going to fail night school and you won't graduate. She's like, you got an A. He's like, Psych, told you. And she starts hitting him on the face, like, don't do this to me. I hate that when you do this to me. And he's like, hey, 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 watch the hair, watch the hair. And I, I just noticed, it's like, yeah, Becky's hair throughout the show's run does change a little bit. In season six, it's kind of a, a, a reddish color. And then I believe in season seven or also eight, her hair transitions again into dark brown bordering on black just about i really like like in season two and three her hair is like a brown like golden honey color and it's really really pretty so saturday night is when he does has the graduation uh ceremony and 
because he is such a role model for the generation of 1993, the school wants him, because he dropped out and dropped back in, the school wants him to give the speech to the mayor, to all the old teachers, to other people that didn't think that Jesse would come back and make it. The, the mayor's going to be there, really? The mayor's probably going to make certain appearances at places and stuff. Like, why not do this and show up? So it's at the Civic Center. Okay, well, did he invite his parents? Maybe they showed up because we don't get to go there because they're stuck on that subway car. But the, his parents might be there. Like, where's our son? He's it says right here in, in this um the pamphlet that he's supposed to give a speech. But I don't I don't see any of the Tanners. Honey, do you see them? Oh my goodness. Where's our baby? Where's our son? And Jesse is you know talking about what's so great because he's gonna tell them like I get to give a speech. He, he's like you know what's so amazing? And Michelle cuts in with yeah when you shake. When you scratch Comet's belly, his foot shakes really hard or really fast. Like, and Jesse does not even acknowledge that. Like, anyway, back to my story. Yes, he's giving a commencement speech. And they're like, well, what are you going to say? And he's like, oh, fellow graduates and all the people that didn't think I could make it. <laughs> As he sticks his, his hands up by his head. And Danny says, Jess, you might really want to think long and hard about this. Like, this is a speech that people are going to remember for the rest of their lives. Um, let me tell you, I have no idea what the valedictorian or salutatorian or the principal even said at my graduation. I was going through uh, Nicole's home movies and... Um, I think her husband at the time was taking video footage... And I think it was the principal, like, saying stuff. He, he didn't even cover. I'm like, because um, my sister's husband's brother was the same grade as me. My cousin was also in the same grade as me. He was also graduating. And I'm like, you didn't even get me as we're walking down. You didn't even get anyone's, like, you didn't even see even your brother. You didn't film him getting his diploma. Or me, for that example. When I was doing the home movies for my, my Aunt Debbie. And like I said, her son also was graduating with me. I think she got the, the tail end, like for a split, barely there second of me or my name. And then my cousin was right after me. It's like, are you kidding me? Both times of my graduation and neither of you could have gotten me getting my diploma? Seriously? I would have liked to have seen it. I remember that day sitting there watching this because it was outdoors on the football field and watching the skies just seeing like, I hope it doesn't rain. I hope it doesn't rain. But in this case, with Fulha, I do not even remember what the speeches were. When I went to um, my oldest nephew's high school graduation and my youngest nephews, both were at uh, Lowell High School, by the way, um, I remember a speech about one of the kids, neither of my nephews were valedictorian or anything, but um, <laughs> one of the speeches had to do with a squirrel, another one something about playing video games or something to that effect, and the speeches were long, 
some just sound like they were rambling. They were going on and on and on. I'm like, what in the what? Really? Sometimes I kind of wonder if these kids take the... But then again, these speeches would have to be approved by by the higher-ups before they even get to the stage. So, but it's just, like, a lot of rambling, no-nonsense. Like, these kids don't care. They're graduating. They've already been accepted to college. They know what college you're going to if they're going to go to college. They don't care. They're done. Just throwing some words about future and making it big and the big picture, and you're golden. I mean, you're out the door. None of the kids sitting there in the hot, hot, baking sun really care about the speech. They're just wanting to get out and like, hey, graduation's over. Throw the caps in the air. Let's go party, right? Yeah. I didn't go party after after I got done. I think I went and saw a friend. I went, I had like, I swear, I think I had my, did I have my senior pictures? Like I had like um, a little uh, photo book of them and I wanted to, because I remember me and my dad, where's that? Oh no, man. That picture, I still got to get to my grandma's. A lot of the pictures I had of me and dad, I had given so they could put up on the cork board at the uh, visitation. I still got to get those back. I swear I must have taken a picture and put it on Facebook. I'll have to check. I like Jesse's crack here about saying how, you know, I get to see, give a speech in front of all those people that thought I'd never make it. And he's like, well, I mean, the mayor didn't say that. But if he knew me, he would have said it. I thought that was funny. I see Jesse's leather jacket. Jesse, the one thing they do a lot with John Stamos, they always seem to have him in these white, like, Hanes tees, like the V-neck ones. Sometimes the V-neck is cut like a low V-neck where you can kind of see, like, his chest a little bit. He's got two gold chains with crosses on them, and you can tell that it's kind of, must be cold there because you see his, you know, anyway. Um, but I notice it's like the jeans that John Stamos is wearing are kind of loose and baggy on him a little bit. It's like, get some tighter fitting jeans. It's John Stamos, am I right? You want butt hugging jeans. All right, now we got Jesse in the nursery with Nikki and Alex, who are sitting at this cute little table. They're putting together a little puzzle. The little, you know, the the hard, um, the wooden ones. Yeah, those ones. They're putting together an Elvis puzzle. I remember it was in season five, The Volunteer, and the thing is, Jesse and Becky were looking to decorate the nursery. Jesse, of course, wanted Elvis wallpaper Becky wanted fun at the circus and they had a little bet going on Becky said I got this pregnancy belly from my child's birth coach so you know you can see what it's like to be pregnant she says I bet for one day you can't wear that for one day and Jesse's like you are on she goes, all right all right sure prove it to me and the winner if you take that off even at all, you're done, by the way. Um, but the winner gets to put up their choice of the wallpaper in the nursery. And I like it. It's so cute, the nursery, because they got this beautiful border of the, you know, fun at the circus. They have this cute 
um, blankety type elephant with some balloons sticking out of it. It's just so cute. Um, and Jesse did get a little something of Elvis. He got the Elvis mobiles, which that's a nice consolation. It's cute. It's just so adorable. I love there's like a little teddy bear on the yellowed toy box. There's a little toy trumpet. There's a little toy guitar. Just so cute. And Jesse is going over his speech to the twins. Of course, they're like two, so they really like, they don't got much really input as to how he's like, oh, it's good. They're like, yay, you did good, daddy. Well, actually, even me saying that is a bit much for them. Like, yeah, super or something. So I'm going to play this clip. speech all week. You guys want to switch? Here, here, let me read this to you. Come on, guys. Let me uh, let me read this thing, and I'll, I'll balance it off you, if you will. You guys give me a little feedback, okay? Here we go. Dear fellow graduates. Thank you, thank you. Please hold your applause till the end. <clears throat> okay. What I'm about to say may be the most important thing that you'll ever hear. That's all I got. What do you think? Yeah, it's not good. I know, it stinks. Guys, what am I going to do? i got to give this big speech in a couple hours in front of thousands of people. And you know what? i got numbers. That's it, son. That's, it. That's the last piece. Good. Get it in there. Good boy. Look at this. The cape, the suit, every kid's favorite superhero, Elvis. something you didn't give up. You just kept going until you got it. I'm proud of you, boys. I'm proud of you. Give Daddy a kiss. Give me a kiss. No. No. Thank you, guys. Hey, wait a minute. You goobers just gave me a great idea for my speech. High fives. Give me high fives. Right, so, Jesse is going over the speech. He's like, when you really learn how to learn, that there then is when you really learn. And he realizes, like, this makes no sense. Granted, Jesse's under a time crunch. Or is he? Because he says graduation is, like, a few hours away. So I'm guessing when he went to class, it was, like, maybe earlier in the week, maybe Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now it's Saturday. Now, keep in mind, Jesse's got a club, he's got a radio show that he needs, he's got a band, he's got a lot of priorities. Odds are, he seems like maybe a procrastinating, uh, procrastinating type of person. I definitely, guys, you, you know me, I'm a procrastinator. Always have been, always, probably always will be. That's just in my nature to be a procrastinator. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Huh. Or, for all we know, he's probably been over this speech and, and written it and, like, thrown... The trash can is probably filled with rejected attempts at trying to write this speech. It's like, I think he's pushing too hard a little bit. He's like, I gotta get it done. It's a few hours from now. It's like, just stop for a minute. Take a breath. 
hang out with your kids for a minute. And he does. He's watching them put together a puzzle. And he says, you kids have been working on this puzzle all week. Mind you, like, there's maybe, like, six pieces to this puzzle. The, the, uh, the wood puzzle, there's, it's really heavy-duty wood. Um, and like I said, they're putting together Elvis's face with the jumpsuit and everything like that. And Jesse at one point says, hey, every kid's superhero, Elvis. And I like that because the twins, I'm going to go off and say, when Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were the age of what these twins are, they were given a lot of lines. I'm not saying that they're, they were saying complete sentences. And I'm not trying to put down these twins that played Nikki and Alex. But you can definitely tell the level, the difference in the ability of the Olsen twins and the ability of these twins here. They're not really giving them a whole lot to do. Because maybe they're still at their development stage. Then maybe they may be too young to really handle. So they're just having John Stamos kind of ad-lib with the twins a little bit. Like whatever we can get from them is what we're going to get. And so you kids have been working on your, your puzzle all week. You finally got it done. And I've been working on this. He's been working on it, he says, all week, that speech. And just nothing is coming. But luckily, he's hanging out with his kids. They get that puzzle done. He's like, you guys had determination. You didn't quit. You just kept at it until you finished it. Then the light bulb above his head goes on like, huh. That in itself is a speech right there. Determination. Not giving up. Keeping at it. Stuff like that. Just work that into a speech. You got, this speech is pretty much written, guy. You got it. I think if he really wanted, because I know that he wants to kind of keep the speech from the family so that way they could be surprised. And Becky, of course, she's a journalist. Uh, journalist. She went, to, she got a degree in journalism. He maybe feels like he doesn't want to bounce ideas off of her. Maybe he feels like it'll be hard to kind of take her criticism. Because even with me, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I can take criticism. I really can't. Criticism is like a knife to the gut to me. It pisses me off. Granted, I know, I, I mean, who wants to have someone point out your flaws for you? You don't. Granted, you see your weaknesses and you can maybe work them into, you know, positives and stuff, but I just... I can't. I can't with the criticism. <laughs> Knife to the gut. So one of the things that Jesse does say about this speech when he's sitting down, like, here, let me throw this out here see, you know, what I get from you. It's like, what I'm about to say may be the most important words of your life that you'll ever hear. I would not, that just seems kind of cliche, like, that is probably one of the things, like, a lot of people try to start out with that, and it's like, Go in a different direction. Make it your own and make it unique. You go follow the connect the dots type of speech. Like you're just going through the motions. You're not going to connect. It's going to be average. It's not going to be genuine. It's not going to be from your heart. And I think when you go from your heart and you go from your own experiences and you put that into your speech, you're putting yourself into it. And that's what people are going to take out of it.
is how much effort you put into something. So now we cut to Saturday night. Becky's on the couch getting the camera ready. It's not a cell phone. She doesn't have, no one's got a cell phone yet. So that's another thing. They can't exactly call the school and say, hey, I'm running late. I'm on a subway car. It's stuck. I don't know what I can do. Not to mention, even if they had cell phones, what kind of reception would they even have down there in those tunnels? They wouldn't, right? And even if he was able to get a hold of someone and say, hey, I'm running late, they're like, I'm sorry, we'll just have to pick someone else and do this without you. You'll get your diploma in the mail. No, she's getting one of those cameras that's got the 35 mil film. It's got the big giant flash bulb on top. This is where Kimmy comes in. Apparently, they can't get Aunt Ida to babysit. We only see her the one time. We never see her again. We only hear about her off screen. She can't babysit. But Kimmy, of course, she's got nothing going on. Her family's probably brothers in college. We never hear about Jimmy because at this point, in Full House land, Jimmy Gibbler does not exist. In Fuller House, he does exist in season two. And we're supposed to just stomach the fact that he's been there the whole time. And we've just never seen him. I'm hoping in Fuller House Season 5 we get... We would have to, right? Because wouldn't that... That would be stupid if we didn't get Jimmy and Kimmy's parents. That's their son's wedding. Granted, I'm wondering if they're going to go the Michelle route. You know they're not getting the Olsen twins back. We know this, guys. We've known this for three years. The Olsons are not coming back. Unless it's a super secret, super secret, under wraps, under the curtain, reveal. They got one back. But, hush hush, right? They reveal Stephanie's wedding. <gasps> what are the Olsen twins? Oh my god! I, I want to believe it as much as I'm sure all of you do. We can hope with all our hearts. That they got one of the Olsen twins to play Michelle in Stephanie's wedding. Or for even for a split second. But if we hope amongst hope. Guys, we're going to get let down hard. Whether they got someone else who looks like Michelle. Like an older version of Michelle. Maybe they would have went that route. We don't know. So. Just know. Just put our our faith and our trust in the writers and Jeff Franklin and all of them that this season's going to be good. The cast said it's going to be like, it's going to be the best season yet. There's a promo with them all saying it. It's going to be the best is yet to come. Right? So I'm going to play this clip. Kimmy comes in. She's going to babysit the twinsies. Becky is like, well, Kimmy, the last time you babysat, the twins were infants, and they were in their uh, little car seats. They are a lot more active. You actually have to keep an eye on them and watch them. And she's like, yeah, whatever, you're the baby owner. <laughs> you're the baby owner. Because <laughs> I think at one point, Kimmy even says, can I get paid up front? And she, Kim, Becky's like... Just watch them, please. That's all I ask. Make sure they don't leave the house. Make sure they don't crawl into the street. Just keep your eyeballs on them. Because they're twins. There's two of them. They got legs. They know how to stand on them. They know how to move those legs. They're like little 
gremlins, they're going to be all over the house. Getting into anything and everything. That's why you childproof lock your toilet lids. You childproof lock your cupboards with your cleaning supplies. All that good stuff. See, I don't even have a kid, and I know this is, like, general knowledge, right? I'm here, your Rugrat Wrangler. <laughs> Listen, Kimmy, I really appreciate this, but fair warning, okay? The boys are much more active than the last time you babysat for them. Especially Nicky. <laughs> Yesterday, he got into Jesse's sock drawer. It was so cute, he mismatched every pair. There were two socks with Argyle. Oh, that's a classic. Can I get paid up front, please? <laughs> Just keep your eye on him, okay? Hey, whatever you want. You're the baby owner. Baby Thanks. owner. Boys are upstairs. Oh, and tell Jesse to hurry up or he's gonna miss his graduation. Okay, I'll tell him. Hey, hair boy! Get your butt down here! <laughs> So in the middle of Becky telling this story about, oh my gosh, the boys are a lot more active. You should have seen Nikki. He got into Jesse's sock drawer and he mismatched all Jesse's socks. There had tube socks with Argyle. Kimmy cuts her off like, can I please get, that's an interesting story. Can I please get paid up front? And Becky's like, just keep your eye on him. That's all I ask. Oh, and by the way, can you let Jesse know that we're getting ready to go? So Kimmy heading up the stairs shouts, hey, hair boy, get your butt down here. We cut to Becky, who's rolling her eyes like, oh, my gosh, there were no other babysitters. Nobody wants to babysit for my twinsies. As Danny comes in, he's got this, is this Jesse, or, bleh, Danny comes in, he's got a new idea for a segment for Wake Up San Francisco, and Becky's like, well, what about my idea about uh, the women and, what'd she say, Congress? Hold on a second. Oh, it's an anniversary show. All right, gotcha, gotcha. So they want to make it big and powerful and great. Interviewing the new women senators from California and discussing the changing roles of women in Washington. Danny, of course, is like, hmm, that's cute. Because he's a guy, and guys don't care about women in power, apparently. At least Danny's not into that. And Danny's like, hey, how about some guy stuff for a change? Danny, you act like you, they've ever only done stuff with women. And not to mention... I don't think, yeah, Becky's not a producer yet, because her hair is reddish. When she's a producer, her hair is, like, dark brown to the point of being black. So, that's, like, gotta be season seven, season eight. So, Danny's idea is, hey, how about this? Me and George Foreman sparring. There's an episode in season seven, Smash Club, The Next Generation, where Danny, they get... Sumo wrestler Bozo Yashi, who sits on Danny... Like, sits on him. This 300, 400, 500 pound guy in a... I'm not sure what those are called that they wear with the sumo wrestlers. I can't think of them. You know, I should look that up. But I'll do that when I cover um, the Smash Club Next Generation episode. But he wants to, like, do an episode where he and George Foreman are, are, are sparring. And he probably figures that... Because he's, like, doing some, like, punching the air type moves... And I'm just thinking, you probably only think that because George Foreman at the time probably was, was he making the George Foreman grills in 93? He must have been. And he's got like a bunch of sons that are all named George Foreman. Like George Foreman number one, George Foreman number two, you know, all of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
He's like, then as of old, George can handle my one-two combination as Joe, uh, Danny punches the air and then clumsily lifts his giant leg. Like, oh, uh, uh, hold on, get my leg up here. Uh, 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 and <laughs> I'm going to play this clip as Becky's like, Danny, the Golden Girls could, uh, beat you like yeah you're you're not a threat to george foreman or the golden girls for that matter like can you imagine him sparring with b arthur dorothy spornak <laughs> that would be cool I'd, I'd pay to see that bob saget or uh danny tanner and dorothy spornak in a ring oh yeah she would wipe the floor with him i bet i bet she would Back in 1993. Granted, Golden Girls was off the air by then. I think Golden Palace would have been on around that time, right? I gotta get my stuff straight. Hey, Becky, I got a great new idea for a Wake Up San Francisco anniversary show. Well, what about my idea about interviewing the new women senators from California and discussing the changing roles of women in Washington? That's cute. That's guy stuff for a change, you know? Like like me sparring a few rounds with George Foreman, you know? That is if old George can handle my, my famous one-two combination. <laughs> Danny, the Golden Girls can handle your one-two combination. <laughs> so, Joey, Stephanie, and Michelle come into the living room from the kitchen. Stephanie's got a brownie that they saved just for Joey. Like, are you sure you don't want this brownie, Joey? And Joey's like, nope, nope, nope. And Michelle, of course, being Michelle, is like, oh, the man said no, as she takes it from Stephanie. That brownie looks like it might have walnuts in it. I love walnut brownies. They're so young. I have not had a brownie in years. I can't even remember the last time that I actually made brownies. You know, I thought to myself one day, I told my coworker I wanted to make uh, banana bread. And I was looking at the boxes, like, I know you can make it homemade and everything. But I'm looking at, there's one box that said two bananas, and you mush them. I'm like, that seems like a lot of work. I don't want to mush bananas. Just give me a box of banana bread where I don't have to add banana, that it's already in there. Please? No? Well, then I guess I'm not making any banana bread. I know, I know, lazism at its finest, am I right? I can't even mush two bananas to make banana bread. And the thing is, I'd be the only one eating it because Jeremy's not into banana bread. Pillsbury does have these cookies that are actually marshmallow flavored with marshmallow bits. I did make those like a, a couple weeks ago. They are very good. So Joey says the reason he turned down the brownie is because next to the Civic Center is El Bloto's. The world's greatest sandwich the sandwich shop. Joey does a commercial. El Bloto's, home of the sloppy two-footer. He does it better. Than, I could never impersonate Joey. He, he is gold. He's golden. I can't touch that. Oh, I just noticed that Joey is wearing, it's not a denim button-up. Like, he does tend to wear a bit of denim button-ups with, like, iron on like cow patterns and different things but this one's got this huge pocket on the front and at first the only thing i saw was pollution but it's got a patch on there with what looks like a penguin and it says fight against pollution that's cute i bet michelle got like a patch or something like that and had joey like iron it onto that 
ginormous pocket that could probably fit one of the, the big iPhones, like the big, big, like the pluses. Because I actually just, after two years, decided I gotta get a new phone. So I got, I didn't get a plus or anything. I surely did not get whatever the, the newest iPhone is. But, um, I got one, a couple levels up from what I got. But that does, that pocket is literally big enough. You could put some candy in that pocket if you wanted. Like a big zip, not, not a huge, like a sandwich size Ziploc bag of candy. Or a snack size Ziploc bag of candy. And then you put a coat on over it, even though it's 90 degrees out. You go to the theater, no one's going to see. And you got your candy. And you put it in your pocket. You put it in your coat pocket or your jacket pocket. Because sometimes when I wear a Columbia jacket, there's a little lining on the inside of the pocket. Slip it in there. Put my keys out in the front. So if there's a bulge, just my keys, just my billfold. That's all. Oh, that that's my cell phone. Yeah, you don't need to frisk me, okay? Don't worry. I'm fine. I'm just here to watch the movie. Sometimes I want more than popcorn. I want some gummy bears, some horrible gummy bears, or some Reese's Pieces, Hot Tamales, and Milk Duds combined in one bag. I want to play this clip. Because I love that Stephanie's like, yep, hmm, sounds like good eating. Are you sure? <laughs> the man said no. Actually, girls, I'm saving my appetite. You see, next to the Civic Center is the world's greatest sandwich shop. El Blodo's, home of the sloppy two-footer. <laughs> yep, sounds like good eating. So we cut to the top of the stairs. We got Jesse. He's holding in his hand his beautiful handwritten speech, wearing a nice suit. And, of course, he's got a pose on the stairs so Becky can take a picture. And Becky's like, that's great. Let's hear it. He's like, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. You'll have to wait like the rest of the audience at the Civic Center. It's a big surprise. I want to play this clip as he's like, I can't wait to get up there with spotlight shining down, looking upon rows of people. Here, get a picture, honey. And she takes a picture of Jesse's arms spread like, <laughs> I think that's cute. Jesse's giving the speech like, honey, take a picture. <laughs> I want to commemorate this moment. <laughs> hey, everybody, I finished my speech. Oh, great. Let's hear it. No, 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 no. I will get no speech before it's time. I can't wait to get up there, man. The spotlight hits me. And I look out and see all those people who thought I'd never make it. Danny, please. Oh, 
Guys, I want to apologize for the beeping that went off during the clip. That was the oven and the microwave telling me my lunch is ready to be eaten. So I'm going to pull it out of the oven before it sets on fire. No, don't worry. I, I turn the oven off. I always do that before I take the food out of the oven. But then I constantly have to check before I leave. Like, did I turn the oven off? Did I turn the oven off? Before I leave for my job. Like, eh, I checked like five times already. It's off. Uh, Danny picked up a TV theme songs tape that has Bonanza on it. One of Danny's favorite theme songs. I wonder if it's got Bonanza. Would it have the theme to Little House on the Prairie? Because I thought they were made like, similar by the, similar people. Um, What else? Uh, I Love Lucy, Gunsmoke, Bewitched, uh, I Dream a Genie. These are just things I'm throwing off that must have been close to around that time that would be TV theme songs. Um, I'm sure there's got to be one out there for 80s or 90s theme songs. So yeah, Danny's playing it in the car. He's got Michelle and Steph going with him. And then Joey, Becky, and Jesse uh, in another vehicle. So they're both going. There's, what, one, two, three, one, two, there's six people there. They don't have a minivan anymore, apparently. So, uh, wait, no. No, they never had a minivan because I remember watching... <laughs> Tanner Island years ago and think how'd they get their van? I'm like now looking back I'm like no that was a rented vehicle or that was probably um a shuttle van or something like that. When Jeremy and I went to DC that uh the hotel had a shuttle that could take you where you needed to go. But Danny starts humming the Bonanza theme, and this is where Jesse is like, hey, look, Danny, please don't. I can't with that song. My dentist used to hum it when he was drilling me. As in, Danny or Jesse probably had a lot of cavities as a kid, probably had to go in for a lot of where they, oh, ooh, I, just, uh, I don't like the, the song, sound. Um, didn't really, like, you know, even as an adult, no one wants to have a cavity filled. No one wants to have cavities because you know what is involved with it. But in a way, that's a trigger for Jesse's. Like, whenever I hear that song, it, it, like, brings me right back to being in that chair. So please don't do that. So, Danny, I'm sorry. Well, wait a minute. They're not riding together, so it's not really going to affect him. Although that Bonanza does come back later. I love how Danny is the one delegating who's going with who. Like, the girls will go with me. Jesse and Becky will go with Joey. So, yeah, Jesse really doesn't have to. He's not riding with Danny. But, like I said, the Bonanza song does make a comeback. Ugh! So, Michelle is the one, like, hey, why can't we all ride in the same car? Danny's like, look, we can't fit in the same car. There's six of us here. DJ's on a ski trip, so that eliminates a person. So, I hope, well, Becky's taking, you know, pictures. Danny, why don't you get the camcorder out, like, and, and run some footage? Granted, they're not going to make it there, so uh, it doesn't really matter anyway, huh? So... Jesse's out the door as he's got his cap on because Danny starts humming the... Is it Pop and Circumstance? Is that the the graduation theme? 
So now we're on the subway train. It looks like it isn't moving because it sounds like it's moving. And Jesse's leading everybody, like, next stop, my graduation, as everyone's starting to take seats here and there with what's available. So when Jeremy and I, hold on, I'm going to get something to drink. So two summers ago, Jeremy and I decided to go to D.C. Both of us had never been there. We actually drove there, and by we, I meant Jeremy drove the whole way because um, I'm not really big on driving in areas that I don't know too well. That's just me. But we had a, we got into our hotel, we planned out our day, like here we'll do, because the, there's a lot of free stuff in D.C. to do. We got a shuttle van that took us to the subway area, and thank goodness Jeremy is all about the transportation. He, the first day was a little rough, you know, trying to navigate, you know, where we get off here. And he's got the little pamphlet that kind of outlines things. By the next day, he had that, like, committed to memory almost about where we need to go and get on. The thing that irritated me was those those passes that he had to, like, be able to get through the turnstile. But anyway, I had gotten onto the subway, and the thing is... As soon as those doors close, it's like your butt is in a chair or holding onto a pole because, boom, they will move fast. That is what I, and I was a little nervous. Like, this thing's going really, really fast. It's like, you don't get a seat or grab onto a pole. Your butt is flying to the back of that subway car. It is that fast. I noticed there's some people, um, a couple of the times that we were on it, uh, I was sitting next to someone who's reading one of the Chronicles of Narnia books. It might have been The Horse and His Boy or Prince Caspian. And I just remember going through the um, Chronicles of Narnia books. I didn't even make it to the end of the series. I suffered through the third book, A Horse and His Boy, and by Prince Caspian, I couldn't even, like, I'm done, I'm done. These books are, like, less than 200 pages. I can't with it anymore. Um, another person was reading, I think it was Ready Player One. But anyway, it's like, yeah, you need to sit down as soon as you get on that, because like I said, the door's closed. It's off like a lightning strike. And I, I just remember, like, there's that sensor that you put the card down, it reads, and then, like, the turnstile, you push through that that thing to get there. And Jeremy got a little irritated with me. He's like, well, did you scan your card? Did it let you through? Because I think he was having issues, too. And he's like, well, did the card let you through? Did it actually read your thing on there? And I'm like, I, I think it did. And he got a little irritated with me. Of course, later on, he did apologize for getting angry. But, um... Jeremy's card was giving him issues, too. I think that was probably what was irritating him. But, uh, yeah, definitely, if you've never been on a subway, you need to get your butt in a seat or get a, grab a pole or grab the thing hanging from below because that's off like a shot. So right away, no one is even holding on to anything. But <laughs> Michelle's like, Daddy, you have a funny mustache. And Danny's like, Honey, I don't have a mustache. And she's like, yeah, you do. Look, there's a picture of Becky and Danny uh, from Wake Up San Francisco. So that's pretty cool that the show does advertising in subway cars. Oh, there's also a sign that says the Guard and Reserve for, like, the Army, Military, Naval Academy, um, 
Naval Academy and all that fun stuff. Not only does Danny have one of those curly Q mustaches that curl on the ends, someone blackened his teeth up. Becky's face is fine. There's nothing wrong with hers, but, uh, yeah, someone had a little fun with Danny's face and a Sharpie. Well, it's not like they drew obscene pictures on his face. Just be happy for that. Becky thinks it's hilarious, though. <laughs> Probably because they didn't do anything to her picture. And Danny's just looking at her like, Oh, you wouldn't be laughing at that were you instead of me. Of course, Becky's like, Oh, yeah, mm, ooh, that's disgraceful. Of course, Becky uses this as an opportunity to take a picture. We got a lot of people uh, reading newspapers. Uh, we got a variation of people... Nice, uh, you know, people of color. We got some uh, African-American people. We got some uh, Hispanic, you know, Caucasian people. Many people of different, na different nationalities. I like that. So Stephanie grabs Michelle's hand. Like, come on, Michelle. We'll sit over here. And Danny's like, wait, girls, no. I And Joey's like, hey, Danny, it's, I will take the girls. I will sit with them. It will be fine. So the girls take the empty seat. Across from the receding hairline, tough guy, denim jacket, who we've seen in other episodes. Uh, there's a sign behind Joey's head that says, Reading Expands Your Horizons. And it's kind of funny, because uh, Joey, he's got to sit next to this guy. He's like, can you move over a little bit? Because Joey's butt is not even on the seat. It's like hovering like inches above the seat. He's like, can you move over a little bit? The guy's really not. His legs are like spread wide open. Like I'm only giving you like a centimeter of space to maybe put one butt cheek, if that. The guy finally just like, ugh. And then Joey's butt plops right down in the seat. Of course, Michelle being ever the environmentalist caring about the earth, she starts ragging on the guy immediately because he pops a stick of gum in his mouth. Of course, what's he do with the wrapper? Tosses it on the subway floor. And Michelle says, Sir, that's littering. Don't you care about the environment? And the guy does not. It's like, little girl, don't talk to me. And they're like, Joey, take care of this guy. Tell him, Joey. And the guy's like, yeah, tell me, Joey. Tell me off. Excuse me, sir. Littering is bad for the Earth. And what are you, the planet monitor? No, but I'd like to be. Michelle, he's not going to listen to a kid. Joey, tell this guy not to litter. Yeah, tell him, Joey. Yeah, tell him, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, I think, sweetie, you need to kind of keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you don't just outright start criticizing a person for what they're doing. In fact, maybe it's better not to talk to people on the subway. When when we were on the subway, tr I didn't talk to anybody. I might have smiled at a few people like, hey, hey, this is my first time. You probably figure, yeah, it's her first time on the subway because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> grip that pole like my life was gonna flash before my eyes like yeah here's a newbie here never been on the subway before <laughs> let's see how funny she acts because she don't know what she's doing and the guy's like what are you the planet monitor and michelle's like no but i want to be and stephanie's like michelle 
he's not going to listen to a kid, all right? Joey, tell this guy not to litter. And Michelle's like, yeah, tell him, Joey. And the guy's like, yeah, tell him, Joey. Like, and Joey's like, don't drag me into this. It's bad enough I got to sit with this guy or next to him. So now we cut to Danny and Becky, who are sitting across from a African-American woman reading the paper, and we got a another lady who looks to be maybe Italian. His, uh, I don't know. Um, she is reading a book, a hardcover book that looks like it's seen better days. Looks like the pages are moldy or dirty, and the leather-bound material is practically falling off of the book itself. Oh, we can see from, uh, we get a shot of this lady looking at Danny, and the newspaper the one lady's reading is, says business is Japan's, uh, something of job security? I don't know. I can't read that word. I can't read that word. <laughs> it's fake news anyway. It's a TV newspaper. And this girl, this lady, is all like, oh my gosh, you're, you're Danny Tanner from Wake Up San Francisco. Mind you, right behind her head is that sign of Wake Up San Francisco. And Becky's like, how did you recognize him without the mustache? And the lady's like, you're Rebecca Donaldson. And she keeps going, like, back to her book, like, trying not to be obvious, but it's like, you've already opened your mouth, so you can't go back to hiding behind your book. Looks like they're on channel 13, and it says weekdays. She tells, says, you're even prettier than per in person. And Becky, of course, thinks the comment is towards her. Like, oh, thank you. And the lady's like, oh, I meant Danny, Mr. Tanner. And Danny does the, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. That, uh, what? That is from a commercial. So I looked it up. Looks like that's from a Pantene commercial where it says, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm guessing. I thought it was from a makeup commercial with, like, um, Cindy Crawford or something. We move across the train car to Jesse, who's kind of always, his hands are always moving. He's always, like, making music with his hands. He's got one hand hitting that guy's, um... It's his uh, instrument container, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's also banging another hand against the pole right behind this guy's head. And, of course, it's like, that's irritating, buddy. Can you knock it off? So the guy just kind of, the guy's reading a book, too, and he looks at Jesse like, do you mind? It stinks I got to share a seat with you, but can you not do that? And Jesse's like, oh, I'm sorry. Get this. I'm graduating tonight. And also, I skipped so much school in high school, they retired my excuse notes. And the guy's like, thanks for sharing, as he tries to go back to his book. Now we're coming back to the house, and Kimmy is on the phone with her grandma. She's got a bag of chocolate chip cookies, a giant tub of... It says Cooldies in cream. What are... C-O-O... -O... Wait, oh no, that's a K. Cookie... Cookies and cream ice cream. Okay, I was going to say, at first I thought it looked like cooldies and cream. Like, that's not a anything. But she's having a, uh argument with her grandma about Steven Seagal could beat up Van Damme any day. That is Kimmy's argument. 
And of course, Grandma asked Kimmy, like, how are the kids? She's like, yeah, I'm watching little crumb gobblers. As we turn, and the kids are playing with gobs of uh, paint. We got Crayola yellow, we got red. What are they doing? Oh, they're finger painting. Oh, you gotta be keeping your... They could be slathering themselves from head to toe in paint. It does say, it looks like it does say washable, so that's good. Oh, Nikki or Alex, whichever twin, like, I, oh, that, that, uh, front of that cream white double-doored fridge, completely covered in green paint. And Kimmy, of course, is, I don't see what the big deal of babysitting is. It's like, you give the little goobs a project, and you check in on them every once in a while. Kimmy, they're two. You give them paint, and you turn your back, the whole house is going to be covered in it. I'm going to play this clip. Are you nuts? Steven Seagal could beat up Van Damme any day. I'm telling you, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the little crumb gobblers. I got them finger painting. <laughs> I don't see what the big deal is with babysitting. You give the sawed-off bologna eaters a project, and then check in on them every few days. Did she just say sawed-off bologna eaters? What is that? So, yeah, this is a great um, time to mention when I would babysit um, my nephews and my niece. Um, when they were young, they were, they were really into, this is like the mid-90s, they were into Rugrats. Eventually, they grew to... <laughs> graduated into watching the Pokemon and just all I'd hear of course the internet was new and exciting and I didn't have a computer at home so of course I took advantage of my sister having the internet and of course I'd be on the computer not watching the guy you show them in a movie they're fine um and all I hear is Pikachu Pikachu and I'm like Sometimes you'd hear them fighting or arguing, and I'd be like, guys, 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 stop fighting, while I'm on the internet, not even looking at them. I'm in another room. So that is my equivalent of babysitting. Um, although some, when they were um, younger, a couple of times, um, what did, oh, I made a, I bought some vanilla ice cream, bought a two liter, and made root beer floats. That is the one time I remember doing something, activity with them. Or dancing to Aaron Carter's first album that came out back in uh, 99 or what, 2000. So Kimmy turns her head, looks, and then she looks again because she notices one of the twins has got the front of one of the sides of the fridge covered in green paint. So, ah, uh, sorry, Grandma. And now we're cutting back to the subway. So it kind of jumps back and forth between the subway and Kimmy's babysitting fiasco. Poor Joey, it sucks to be him, because that guy is now passed out cold, mouth hanging open, you can see up this guy's nose, and Joey is so perturbed, like, why me? Why did I get stuck next to this jerk? And of course, Michelle's like, Psst, Joey, that guy's sleeping on you. And I'd be like, yeah, really? I hadn't noticed. 
And Michelle's like, don't worry, Joey, I'll handle this. And she says, wake up, big guy. And the guy's got his foot, like, extended out. So even if Michelle and Stephanie wanted to get out of wherever their seat is, they wouldn't be able to because that guy's leg is stretched out right. His jean-clad leg, disgusting-looking steel-toed work boot. Looks like he's probably... Maybe he works on the subway line in the tunnels or something, but it's really gross. She shoves his foot off, and the guy immediately wakes up. And I notice that when I was on the subway, nobody was talking to each other. You want to know what they did? 95% or 98% of people had earbuds in. They were looking at their phones. They were looking at their tablets. They were looking at their mini lab laptops. They were not talking to each other. They were on the phone. They were texting. They were doing anything and everything not to talk to strangers. They were all plugged into their own world. Of course, this wakes the guy up, and Stephanie pastes a smile on her face. Morning! And, of course, the guy turns his head to stare at Joey, who fakes sleeping with his head pressed on the wall. Of course, when the guy turns away from him, Joey kind of, like, lightly opens one eye. Just like, is he looking away? Good. Of course, we cut outside to the subway, then we cut back inside. And Jesse immediately starts to get up, like, why are we slowing down? What's going on? Jesse's freaking out. You know, he's got to give a speech. If, I w if the thing were stopping, I had to be somewhere, I would be freaking out. I'd probably be freaking out a little, too. Like, there's no stop here. Why are we stopping? And he goes up to where the conductor is, who is operating the train, and he's like, hey, hey, why are we stopped? What's going on? And, of course, I'm sure Danny comes up like, hey, Jess, don't worry. This stuff happens all the time. It's just probably a technical issue or electrical. Don't worry. Oh, Joey says that he rides the trains all the time. And he says the only way we're going to be stuck is if there's an electrical problem. You see the... Lighted up area that says, like, no smoking and stuff like that. The lights up there start to flicker. Like, oh, boy. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, usually the conductor will come on and say, we're having a slight delay. Don't worry. This is where Danny comes up and says, hey, Jess, relax. This thing usually only lasts a couple minutes. How much time did they give themselves to get out the door? I mean, you gotta drive to wherever the subway station is, right? Then you gotta get... You, plan accordingly. Obviously, they're gonna be late because Jesse had to focus on his hair for five hours. A fairly significant delay. And I see that Jesse's got his graduation gown on a plastic hanger that's, like, on one of the bars near the door. It's his own personal closet. And Jesse's freaked. Like, I'm going to miss my whole graduation, my speech. I won't be able to give my speech. The guy's like, the operator comes on the, tele, uh, the teleprompter and says, Hey, while we're sitting here, I have this new tape I'm going to play. And they, the guy's got the same tape as Danny playing Bonanza. So Jesse's getting freaked again. He's still, he's getting PO'd big time. Becky's like, honey, you're already starting to yell. Calm down. This is not going to get us to your graduation any faster. I mean, look around. These other people probably have places they want to be. They probably have jobs that they're, they need to get to or they need to get home to take care of their kids. 
Everyone's got somewhere they need to be right now. But you don't see anyone else having a mental breakdown over it. He needs to... He's like, that's it, I'm going up front. What are you going to say or do that's going to make this get fixed any faster? Jesse, the only answers that man is going to give you is probably what he's already repeated over the teleprompter many, many... Or not the teleprompter, but the intercom. He's going to tell you exactly what he's been telling every, everyone, else, everyone else. Sit tight. The matter will be fixed. We'll be getting ready to go. Until then, you sit in your seat. You don't move. You certainly don't come up here and start asking me questions because I'm just the operator. I'm not fixing the machine. That's what we got mechanics for. Michelle is looking out the window because we cut to her and Steph and Joey with the tough guy in the denim jacket. She's like, hey, I hear something. The train's moving. And Joey's like, no, Michelle, that's my stomach. Should have had that brownie, Joey. Should have had that brownie. Of course. Wouldn't you know, the guy, the tough guy, what's he got? What's he pulling out of that? I hear that crinkling. What's that crinkling sound? It's El Bloto's. Sub. Oh, Joey, Joey, Joey. Punch to the gut. Not only is he hungry, not only did he skip out on that brownie, he gets to watch this tough guy eat this delicioso sandwich. Yum, 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 yum. A two-footer. Did anyone ever see the episode, um, I think it's season, is it it's Selma's Choice? Of the Simpsons, where the kids don't want to go to Deaf Gardens, and Homer gets food poisoning from this company picnic giant sub, and we get a flashback to them eating the sub. Like, wow, we barely made a dent in that 10 foot hoagie. Homer's like, I'll give it a good home. You see that he is eating it, sitting on the couch, and Marge is like, that mayonnaise is starting to turn. Like, ah, it's all right. And she comes in with this sandwich that is, like, just plain rotten. She's like, I found this behind the radiator. And he's like, duly noted, and starts eating it. She finally throws it away. The kids go, like, yay, we can go to Duff Gardens now. They look. Homer's like, Ugh. And, like, great, dad's dad. And he's like, no, we're going to Duff Gardens. I don't care. And he's in the car. He's got a blanket around him. He's shivering. Marge is like, you're turning. Your lips are turning blue. He's like, I don't care. Duff Gardens. Hurrah. <clears throat> Passes out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he got food poisoning from that sandwich. Throw it out. Seriously. Do not eat a sandwich. If you, I mean, it's one thing. You get a sub, like, I can't finish it. I'll have it for lunch tomorrow. Do not prolong. Just eat it. A day tops. 24 hours tops. You eat it the next day. After that, throw it out. I love the shared look between Michelle and Stephanie. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Joey, Joey, Joey. Beef, what do you say, roast beef or beef pastrami and pimento loaf? A triple big meaty. How much of that is going to be bread before you get to the actual meat? 
way that this guy has to hold this, like, what are they, like, those stadium dogs that are, like, a foot long or, or some? And it's like, you have to start at one end, but you have to hold your hand to hold up the sandwich, otherwise it's going to fall down. Like, uh, and I'm sure that sandwich, that two-foot sandwich, is cut in half. So you can, like, let me take this part, wrap the other part up, put it in the bag. Because your hand's going to get tired if you're... Yeah. Now we're coming back to the house as Kimmy is squeegeeing off the kitchen island, the kitchen counter, the, um... Is that the... Not the backsplash, but it's kind of like... It's got the tile in the front of it. And she's probably like, okay, I see you. Where is your brother? He should be here. Dang it, why do I... Ugh, watch... Two kids at one... One toddler's bad enough. You got two of them. You got to keep your eyes on them both. <laughs> Finally finished. Hey, Siegfried. Where's Roy? Hey, what's going on, Lassie? Did Timmy fall in the lake again? <laughs> no. love how she looks up at one of the twins like, hey, Siegfried, where's Roy? Comet comes in, grabs Kimmy by the sleeve. Kimmy's like, what's wrong, Lassie? Did Timmy fell, fall in the well again? And she, Comet brings her into the living room to see Nikki still has paint on him, green paint. He's got it all over the TV, all over the um, side table next to the couch, just, um, and she just screams, like, I'm never watching these kids again. Now we're cutting back to the subway. So, Danny is still on this whole boxing with George Foreman, like, come on, back. what would be more uh, fun for an anniversary special? Well, guys, it's not really up to you. You can give suggestions, but odds are, especially that, they're gonna be shot down. What's to say that George Foreman's even gonna want to do that? He probably won't. And she, Becky says a interview with two women senators would be a much stronger piece. And of course this lady really likes Danny's boxing idea. Of course cuz she's in love with Danny. So Danny's like, "See, we need to listen to our fans' input more often." Apparently this lady is channeling Ben Franklin. Like, I have to take this call. Ben, Ben Franklin. Like, okay. And the lady next to her has zero lines. She's not even looking at them. She's still reading that paper. And Becky's like, there you go. She tuned in enough for you, Danny. So uh, Danny's like, all right, Becky, you want to get up and change seats somewhere else? Like right now, this second? Okay. Bye. Dan uh, Jesse actually went up there and spoke to the conductor, which probably gave him the same information as everyone else. Whoa, that guy really wolfed down that half of that El Blodo sub. Isn't that just like a kick in the teeth with if you're like starving, like say you forgot to have breakfast or something, you had so it's like you've eaten at eight and it's like going on eleven and you're starving and this person sits next to you with something extremely delicious. You're like, oh Yeah, 
Jesse got a fine for $27 for trying to hitchhike in a subway tunnel. Way to go. Jesse, you should have just sat down. Jesse just throws up his hands like, oh, it's no use graduation starting right now. <sighs> you hear the audience like, aww. So Stephanie's like, Dad, don't you think there's something that we could do to help Uncle Jesse feel better? And Danny's like, all right. So he gets the uh, atten uh, attention of everyone on board. So I'm going to play this clip. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, but uh, my brother-in-law here just missed his high school graduation ceremony. And he's feeling really low. And we're all on a subway together, so, you know, it's even lower than low. But, you know, sometimes in life... Uh, we get a chance to lift the spirits of a fellow human being, and this is one of those times. What do you say, right here, right now, we all pitch in and, and throw this guy the best darn graduation ceremony this town's ever seen, huh? No. That's the spirit. Danny, sit down. Before I was depressed. Now I'm depressed and embarrassed. <laughs> Sweetheart, I know that you're disappointed because you're missing your graduation, but you're still going to get your diploma. Oh, come on, honey. Don't you understand? Right now, they're calling my name to come up on that stage and give that important speech. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not there. And all my teachers and my principals are saying, yeah, he messed up again. That's the Katsopolis we know, a bum. Uncle Jesse, I'm sorry you're sad. Uh, that's okay, Shorty. Guess I'm just not the graduating type, huh? Dude, I hear ya. School's a waste. That's why I dropped out. Smartest move I ever made. You got any spirit change? So, another thing is, Jesse was really looking forward, you know, the fact that they even picked him to give a speech is an honor in itself. But now that he can't make it, he's thinking, yeah, look at all the, fa the faculty and the people that didn't think that I could do it. Now are looking at me not being there, my absence, as, oh, that Katsopolis guy, screw up just like always. And, and Becky's like, honey, you're still going to get your diploma. And he's like, yeah, he will, but that was an honor that he's not going to get that moment back. And, and Danny tries to, you know, rile up everybody like, hey, this guy's going to his graduation, or he was going to give a speech. Now he can't. Can we try to make him feel better? And he's like, come on, everybody. We got a shot of the passengers. They could care less. They're not there to socialize. They're not there to cheer anybody up. And even Michelle's like, I'm sorry you're sad, Uncle Jesse. And I just, I mean, you feel for him. You really, really feel for him. Imagine, if you got to do something, you were picked to do something, and something prevented you. Like, you know, and I said this on another podcast with, um, when my dad had passed away, the weather here was really, really bad. And my biggest fear is, because we live an hour away from where it was and my biggest fear is with the weather being so bad us getting hit with snow again that I mean there's no way I was going to miss my dad's funeral and they even said even if there was a delay we would not have started it without you we would not have done that but of course there's a small backup luckily we got going again it wasn't it was just some ice and everything and I kept 
I'm texting, and they're like, calm down, calm down, and it will be okay. As I was, I was trying to go to sleep the night before, feeling like, praying to God, just please, please, just help me get there. And even on the road, I'm like, please just help me get there. I And they're like, you're not going to miss it. We would not start this without you. It's almost, it, yeah, like, something you have to be somewhere, and you're delayed. That, that dread feeling just overtakes you. There's a sign next to Jesse's head that says, Everyone wins instantly in Ultimate Gold Giveaway. So that's like a, a maybe a lottery thing. Oh, well, Jesse's kind of sulking. This guy's like, I hear you, man. School, right? That's why I dropped out. Best decision I ever made. Do you got any spare change? And Jesse's just looking at this guy like, you gotta be kidding me. Because the guy's got the slicked back dark hair, leather jacket, like pre-Jesse Katsopolis Jesse, like high school version of Jesse. It's like Jesse's looking in the mirror at himself 20 years, like 15, 20 years ago and the person that he used to be. So he sees and this opportunity and takes it to give this kid advice. That this kid didn't ask for this advice, but Jesse's going to give it anyway. Because that's Jesse. we got to learn a moral. This guy here is just such a caricature in himself. Like, oh, it beats being in school reading the books about a bunch of dead guys. Like, ugh. So Jesse comes like, hey, some of those books are cool, man. It's like, you ever read Shakespeare? Right behind this guy's head, there's an advertisement for your college ring now. You don't get a ring in college. What? The guy's like, oh no, who wrote it? And Jesse's like, go back to school as fast as you can. Run if you have to. And this guy gets up like, hey, I didn't jump the turnstile to listen to this. The guy actually goes to sit down in a seat. It's like, hey man, I know you, all right? I know where you're going. You want to know where you're going? You're going nowhere. And the guy's like, what am I supposed to do? School's hard, dude. And of course, what do you think Je 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 uh, Jesse's going to say? He's going to say, school is hard, dude. You want to know it's hard? Life is hard. And that's when Jesse kind of turns to the other passengers. Like, yeah, right. Life is hard, right? Help me out here. And the guy who was sitting next, Jesse was sitting next to him. He's like, you better believe it. And Jesse's like, that's right. No one's going to help do it for you. Am I right, everybody? And everyone's like, yeah, what? This subway car got a lot crowded. <laughs> so Jesse tells the kid to scoot over. He pulls out a speech. Like, may as well, you wrote your speech. You may as well give it now. Jesse tells him, like, hey, I got this whole thing sorted out where once you start something, you have to finish it. Jesse kind of tells the guy here, like, hey, my kid's been working on this Elvis puzzle all week. They've been trying and trying and trying, couldn't get it. Finally, they put the piece, the final piece in, completing the puzzle. And they didn't give up. They kept working at it until they got it. And Jesse's like, the, the kids, they were so proud of themselves. I mean, don't you want to know what that feels like? And apparently, I mean, it's a TV sitcom. You know, they're only, like, 20-some minutes long. So, of course... The guy's like, yeah, that would be nice to feel good about something. And I like how Jesse is like, you know, I know where you're coming from. I was just like you. I dropped out of school, and then years later, ten, over ten years later, it took me to finally go back and say, I want to get that degree. So yeah, he says, you know, I rode my Harley, you know, I played gigs with my band, but when I looked in the mirror, I felt something was wrong. Something was missing. You want to know what that was? It was a high school diploma. 
And he says, the last piece of the puzzle, the left side burn, if you will. And the kids, like, complain, like, I can't go back now. I've been out for two weeks. I'm like, are you kidding me? And Jesse says, I was out for 11 years. And Jesse's like, I went back. You can do it, too. I love how Jesse is getting everyone else kind of up in this kid's business. Like, hey, the guy's like, can I, can I go back? I mean, and Jesse's like, of course you can. Guys, can I go back? And they're like, yeah, listen to the people, listen to them. They've all been there from different walks of life. High school is nothing compared to when you get out into the real world, you're getting a job or you're going to college, you put in the work, you put in the effort, you're going to get rewarded one way or another. That hard work and determination, it may take a while, but it pays off in the end. You bust your butt, you're going to get rewarded. It may take a while, you may stumble, you may have times where you want to throw in the towel and you want to give up, but keep persevering. Look at the big picture. You want a house, you want a, a steady job, you want to build a family, have a relationship with somebody. That is going to take work. Not only work, life experience. And I, I'm telling you guys, seriously, I graduated high school. There were times that I, I never thought about dropping out or anything, but I persevered because I knew what I wanted. No, I didn't go to college. No, I don't really want to go back to, you know, I don't want to try because that stuff costs money. And I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to be saddled with debt again. I don't want that. I took two classes at a community college. It took me four, two, four years to pay them off. And it wasn't even that much. But even still, I mean, I got to hand it to, you know, parents that are putting money away from the time their kid is born to go to college so they don't have that debt. Granted, I'm not talking about you know, this episode isn't focused on Jesse getting a college degree. But look at what Jesse hasn't said that he's accomplished without a high school degree, which he became uh, an ad executive. He had his own business. He was able to get a loan and open up the Smash Club. He did all of these things without a degree. And I like how Jesse said, look, you got a subway full of people that really, really care about you. And Jesse's like, come on, you're going to go back or what? And they're like, come on, don't give up, man. Say yes. And the guy stands up like, all right, I'm going to do it. Everyone applauds. I want to play this clip. It's just, it's great. It's inspiring. It's just, wow. You know what, man? I know where you are. And I know where you're going. You know where that is? It's nowhere. What am I supposed to do? School is hard, dude. School is hard, dude. <laughs> Life is hard, man. I mean... Am I right? Is life hard? You better believe it. You listen to this man, and nobody's going to do it for you. Am I right? Yeah! Scoot over. See, it's, uh, it's like I was going to say in my speech. You know, I had this whole thing worked up about once you start something, you got to stick to it. My kids are so cool, man. They've been playing with the Selfless Puzzle all week. They couldn't get it. They keep trying. They keep trying. They keep trying. Guess what? Today they get it. They get the last piece. Elvis's left cypher. They're so proud of themselves. Don't you want to know what that feels like? Don't you want to be proud about something? Guess that would be nice for a change. Listen, pal, man, I, I know where you're coming from. I was just like you. 
dropped out of school, rode my Harley, gig with the band, thought I was so cool. But when I was alone, and I looked in that mirror, something was wrong. I mean, sure, my hair looked great and everything, but <laughs> something was missing. I didn't feel right inside. You know what was missing? My diploma. The last piece of the puzzle. The left sideburn, if you will. <laughs> yeah, but I can't go back now. I've been out for two weeks. I was out for 11 years. I went back. Listen, if I can do it, you can do it. You think so? What do you think I've been talking about? People, can he go back? Can he go? Yeah. Well, let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you got a subway full of people who really, really care about you. Now, come on. You're going to go back? Yes or no? Tell me. Don't give up, man. Say yes. All right. I'm going to do it. All right. <laughs> cap and gown and marching down that aisle just like I was supposed to do. ceremony. This milestone comes but once in a lifetime, and it is my great honor to present to you the graduates in alphabetical order, Jesse Katsopoulos. So Jesse shakes the guy's hand and says, hey, before you know it, you're going to be walking down that aisle with your cap and gown on, just like I was supposed to do tonight. And then we get the guy that Jesse was sitting next to. He's got a saxophone. He's playing the pop and circumstance song. Danny's like, Jess, they're playing your song. May as well put the, the, the cap on. And it's just, it's sweet. It is a sweet moment. Yes, he didn't get to give the speech and everything, but he helped the guy out. Luckily, I mean, that guy had only been out for two weeks. So like, buddy, you can go back. You can get a tutor if you're struggling. There are options for you. I gotta say, um, <clears throat> if I had to go for the worst outfit award, uh, it's gonna, I don't really care for Michelle's coat. 
She's wearing what looks like um a winter wool coat. It's a pink wool coat. And n no one else is dressed in, like, winter gear at all. So I'm just like, eh. But, no, Danny, Danny's going to get that award because this shirt with this tie, he's got, like, a plaidish-looking olive green colored plaid button-up shirt with a tie that's splashed with blue and yellow and red and it's but it's not bright they're more like colors that have been like dimmed like almost partially washed out and it's just I think I'm gonna take a picture of this because I just it does not it clashes like any two things that should never go together. And Stephanie's like, you ready to graduate? And I look at what Stephanie's wearing. She's wearing a light spring jacket. Now, mind you, Michelle's coat is not a heavy looking coat. It's probably like a wool spring coat, but it just, I, I just don't like it. And Danny's like, hey, here's as good as any place else. I mean, we're not going anywhere. And he just inspires a dropout to go back to school. What better time? Becky ha helps Jesse put on his graduation gown. How she's doing this for her husband. And she says, it was. It is with my great honor to present to you the graduates in alphabetical order. Jesse Katsopoulos. And Jesse, of course, peace fingers thrown out. Like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. That's me. <laughs> I love this. Yes, it's not the graduation that he was hoping to get. But, like I said, you're inspiring a stranger that you don't even know. You're sharing something of yourself with this person to inspire them to go back to school and earn that diploma like Jesse did. It took him 11 years, but he did it. And... <laughs> Becky's like, honey, I'm sorry we don't have you uh, a diploma for you. And, of course, Joey take like, hey, tough guy, can I um, borrow this paper? And he's like, oh, the, the Canucks traded so-and-so. Becky grabs it out of Joey's hand, like, yeah, read, you can read it later. And she rolls it up like a, di a di diploma that would normally have a ribbon around it and hands it to Jesse, and it's, it's cute. And Michelle's like, you're not sad anymore, are you, Uncle Jesse? And Jesse's like, no. You know, I'm with my family. And surprisingly, guess what? Train starts moving again. May as well, I mean, you could make it there. I don't know if anyone's going to be there by the time you get there, but they might. And that's the episode, everybody. I thought it was good. I really, I just, I liked it. So, yeah, Danny's going to get the worst outfit. As far as for the best outfit, I really don't have one. I mean, I could say Kimmy just because she was dressed in red. And I'm being kind of biased because red is my favorite color. Um, as far as the quote, I really... <laughs> I got to go with Kimmy calling the twins crumb gobblers. I just... <laughs> I thought that was cute. Or what'd she say, sawed-off bologna eaters? <laughs> that was, I like that one, too. Um, so, what I'm going to do, the Olsen twins, as you know, tomorrow's June. 
They have a birthday coming up in June. June 13th, I believe. Let me double check. So, yep, June 13th. They're going to be 33 this year. All right. So, here is my plan for that. Let me get to it. Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. Season 3, episode 10, The Greatest Birthday on Earth. So we're doing that Michelle birthday. And because, of course, there's twins who play Michelle, we are going to jump to season 5. And even though Happy Birthday Babies is part 1 and part 2, we're only going to focus on part 1 because that's part of Michelle's birthday. It's filled with flashbacks. Happy Birthday Babies part 2, that is going to be when I cover the Jesse and Becky arc where they meet they almost elope, they get engaged, get married, find out she's pregnant, find out they're having twins, and then the birth of the twins will conclude that. So, yeah, I just thought, I think that's going to be great. I, I really, really, I like that. But, of course, that Jesse Becky arc is not going to take place until January of 2020. So that way it lines up with the wedding lines up right around Valentine's Day. And yes, there are Valentine's Day episodes that I believe I will also be covering in all of February. It's going to be Valentine's Day month, not just day, month. So before that, I have a big, fun, summer themed full house fuller house summer long marathon all the episodes between starting june 21st the official first day of summer all the way through august are going to be summer related episodes we are going to kick off with fuller house i believe it's season three episode one with uh, the best summer ever, of course, we get Elias, who plays Max, singing Best Summer Ever, which I love that song. I think that kid is going to go so far, even after Fuller House is done. Out of the three of those kids, that kid is going to, he's going to shine. Yes, Best Summer Ever, Season 3, Episode 1. Then we're going to go to Full House. We're going to go to Tanner Island. We're going to meet, uh, do The House Meets the Mouse, parts one and two. And some, um, what are some of the other summer episodes? Um, towards the end, um, probably closer to August, we're going to get the girls going to summer camp because that is towards the end of summer. And, yeah, it's, I'm excited. Um, I think we are going to conclude when summer comes to a close is Fuller House is season two, Welcome Back, which is they're having a back-to-school and a summer back-to-school barbecue. So that is going to start at the end of August, which will start my next themed segment is going to be back-to-school episodes. So look forward to those. I, I just, I love that in my head, I have this completely planned out how I want to do it. And yes, I will on my, um, Wonder Years podcast, even though I don't cover that show anymore, I do, I'm doing some episodes of Growing Pains, um, an episode a month of Small Wonder, 
um, on the Punky Power podcast page, uh, or page, page, podcast. Um, I'm doing Silver Spoons starting next week. I jump into season three. So if you're a fan of Punky Brewster and Silver Spoons, listen to those. Um, I just did a giveaway for two season one DVDs of The Wonder Years. I do have plans for other things coming up. I'm not going to tell you what they are yet, but I'm really, really excited. Um, towards Christmas, probably November, I'm going to have some more giveaways for certain things that will make awesome Christmas gifts. I'm just going to say that, leave it at that. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun guys. I, I'm, I'm loving this. I just, this is the time I've always loved full house. I got, um, a Michelle book, lucky, lucky day. I think it's called that. I also want to cover for the Olsen twins birthday. So you get two birthday Michelle episodes. You get a book coverage, which how I want to do that. I'm going to try it this way. It's a short book. I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it to you. So, and I'm going to comment on it too also. So I think that's going to be fun. So, all right, everyone. It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> yes. Finally, the work day, work week has not started for me today yet. Has not started, but, oh, the weekend, um, getting new car, uh, tires put on my car. And what else? Uh, Jeremy and I are going to go out to eat. We tend to do that a bit. <laughs> um, Sunday, we are taking Jeremy's mom out to Mother's Day because she had to work Mother's Day. Also, I'm making a trip out to the cemetery um, for Mother's Day for my mom. I want to put those little um, doggy figurines. I do it every Mother's Day, and then in the fall, I take them and bring them home for the winter. I'm going to do that. So just a lot of... A lot of fun things, you know, coming up, and um, Father's Day is coming up. Like I said, that that's going to be hard. Um, I asked Jeremy, like, do you think we could go to the cemetery, even though my sister and I have not picked out a headstone yet, but I just, I want to go there on Father's Day. And, um, you know, <clears throat> see my dad. I mean, I know that his body's there, and I know that, you know, but he is... He's up in heaven, and I know everyone's got their own beliefs about, you know, when it comes to that stuff, but that's what I believe. <clears throat> I believe that he is, uh, he's looking down on me and Pam and my sister and the grandkids, and yeah, tomorrow's, like I said, tomorrow, <clears throat> tomorrow's his birthday, June 1st. And he would have been 66. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to put a post up on Instagram, on the pages, on, um, the Facebook pages and Twitter. And, um, oh, also today <laughs> I got a haircut. Um, I decided to go with like kind of a A-bob thing where it's longer on the sides and then it's like sh cut short in the back. And I told Jeremy, like, I'm doing this for this month, but I think I'm going to go even a little bit shorter next month. So we'll just kind of see how it goes. But I just, I'm, I'm tired of the length. I don't do anything with my hair, and it's really frustrating. I was telling the 
lady who was cutting my hair, I said, when I'm washing it, it's, like, in the back, like, getting, like, it's starting to, like, tangle up as I'm washing it, and sometimes I feel like I'm not getting all the soap out of it, and I just, like, it's summertime, I don't want my hair hanging on the back of my neck, yeah, I could tie it up in a, I don't do a bun, I could tie it up in a ponytail, but then sometimes it starts to, the, the little scrunchies that I get, the hair starts to come loose, and it's just so frustrating to keep having to pull it back up, and it just, I wanted something simple, and I think as I get older, that I'm not going to want the long hair. I never really was really into the long, long hair, because I always never did anything with it, so, uh, I know that's probably boring to you guys. <laughs> um, what I'm reading right now, I don't know if I mentioned it yesterday, but I am almost done, very close to being done with the fourth book of The Keeper of the Lost Cities. Never seen book. Um, it's a great middle grade series. Book eight comes out in November. I already pre-ordered it. And I had to do a reread because the sixth book came out like two years ago. And I had already read, like, the previous year, I read up to five. I start reading the sixth book. Like, I don't remember. Who is this person? Everything I'd read in the five books, boom, gone, out of my mind. I can't. And that's a lot of information. I mean, five books, these books. The sixth book is over 600 pages long. Um, I'm like, I'm going to do a reread. So that way now I can read the sixth book. It's going to be fresh. The seventh book, I'll be all, you know, and then by the time the eighth book comes out in November, I should be all caught up and everything will still be in my mind. I think the author either is going to do nine books, so nine books, or either possibly 12, just depends on how much of the story she still feels she has to tell, like with the characters and everything, and their journeys, if their journeys aren't done yet, she feels. So, it's a great series, um... I'm going to say if you like Harry Potter, and, but this is like with, with elves, E-L-V-E-S, elves. Um, it's really, really cool. I cannot, seriously, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, they re-recorded with a new narrator. I have not listened to the audiobooks, but I believe it is on Audible, and I'm not being sponsored by Audible. I do use it um, to listen to quite a few books, and... Um, Check out the series. Check out, it's great. It, like I said, middle grade for ages like maybe 7 to 12. To, there's no real age range, really. Just, it, it's, it's such an amazing book series. So great. I will put, um, I can take uh, pictures of and put them on the, um, the Instagram so you guys can see them. So, all right. That is the episode, as I said. Just, you know, I was telling you guys what's going on in my life as we head into June and everything like that. So, um, look forward to a fun, full house, fuller house summer. Because I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. So, alright guys, gals, everybody, have a great, great weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>